Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Hey, we're bringing a church to you right where you're at, in the cab. And we do it in a lot of different ways. We have a radio program, LonesomeRoadRadio.com. We have podcasts. We have CD ministry. We also have a telephone conference line. So log on to LonesomeRoad.org for our podcast and to order some of our CDs. And if you'd like to listen in on our conference line, we get together every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Just dial this number, 727-731-5062. So buckle up and come right along with us. We're going to have church on the road. up driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels lord that's a lonely sound i spend all day chasing that old white line i've been on the road so long i've lost track of time now it don't matter where i'm going i just gotta drive i have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day The road is my life, and I got my partner with me, Fred Mooney. And the road is my life as well, and I am so glad to be here, and I'm glad to be a Christian. We've got a message on today's program from my great partner, Fred Mooney. If I was to give this a title, I would call it Joy, the Breakfast of Champions. Joy, the Breakfast of Champions. I like that title, Fred. That makes me think of this guy I met down at uh, West Plains, Missouri one year. His name was Jimmy Price. He was a pastor, singer, songwriter from down in Louisiana. He handed me a CD called Road to Success, and he's got a song on here called uh, Joy Road. And so here's Jimmy R. Price with Joy Road off of his Road to Success CD. Mm-hmm. 
world has sure got its problems they are everywhere if you listen the devil will tell you that god doesn't really care but jesus said don't be afraid i've come to set you free life abundant is so much fun that's what Jesus did for me Now I'm living on your road Playing in the good life band Spending my time Sharing the gospel With the folks on Rainbow Lane On this side of heaven It just don't get no better than this Cause I gave my tired of the road you're on where it is taking you I've got a friend his name is Jesus I will introduce you to Jesus will turn your night to light and ease your heavy load you can move down the street right next to me you'll be living on joy Living on your road and living that good life, man. Spending your time sharing the gospel with the folks on Rainbow Lane. On this side of heaven, it just don't get no better than this. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, your road is yours. Spending my time sharing the gospel with the folks on Rainbow Lane. On this side of heaven, it just don't get no better than this. I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and Joy Road is my address. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Jimmy R. Price, and he is living on Joy Road. And when you live on Joy Road, you are on the road to success. I believe that's right. Here's uh, another great song by Jimmy R. Price. Be a 
exist If you've got on the wrong road well, You're not by yourself Most folks are there with you The Road to Success, and now a great message by my partner, Fred Mooney. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, I had a, I had a wholesale bird business. I used to wholesale uh, baby birds to a chain of stores over in the St. Louis area. The way that worked, I raised birds, and I raised quite a few of them at that time, but there were several bird breeders within our area and I would buy their babies and then I'd mark them up 10% and wholesale them to the store. Or actually it was a chain of store. One man owned uh, seven stores in the St. Louis area. Anyway, I, I had a lot of little, uh, little old ladies that raised canaries for me. And I'll never forget this one. They, her name was Jerry. I'm assuming her her actual name was Geraldine or something like that, but everybody called her Jerry. And she was a Christian. She found out I was a Christian, and we would have great discussions. One day we got to talking, and, and she said, well, you know, my husband had passed away. And I said, yes. Uh, I said, was he a Christian? She told me, she said, oh, yes, he was a Christian. He went to church with me every Sunday, but he had no joy. And I thought, Oh my gosh, how sad that was. And I, I, got to, I never could shake that thought from me. I hope nobody ever says that about me, that he was a Christian but he had no joy. Because if you're a Christian, you should have joy. That's all there is to it. But I decided I would get some other, other people's opinion about this. So I posted it on Facebook, this right here. I said, finish this sentence. A Christian without joy is like, and I got several responses. Actually, I got 35 responses. Somebody said, a Christian without joy is like uh, peas without a pot. Two people said a flat tar. One person said a creek without water. Three people actually said a car without gas. Two people said a weak kitten. One person said a sky not being blue. Three others said a rotten tree appears normal on the outside but hollow on the inside. Another friend of mine, he said a guitar without strings. But this is my favorite response of all. And I'm not going to tell you who, uh, who gave this to me, but I think if you think a little bit, you'll know who it is. My favorite is a grape that is contemplating a career as being a raisin. 
And uh, I believe if you think about that, you might know who, who gave me that. But tonight my text is John 15, 11. And it says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Now John 15 was written about the life of the Lord Jesus as he faced the cross. But this, this verse does not deal with suffering, agony, pain, or despair. Instead, it deals with joy. In the face of crucifixion, on the brink of agony, Jesus spoke of joy. All humankind wants joy. The problem is, they look for it in the wrong places. They try to find joy, and they will not find it until they look in the right place. The key verse on joy in the Bible is John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. A life of a Christian is to be a life of joy. A joyless Christian is a contradictory in terms. Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, Rejoice in the Lord always. If we do not have joy, there's something wrong. A Christian's life is to be a life of continual and conspicuous joy. Contagious joy is to be ours. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we should have joy. Joy is not inevitable, but joy is optional. We are to have joy if we want joy. Joy is important in winning the lost. Many of us try to witness about our faith looking like an agent for the undertaker <laughs> and having a face as long as a Missouri mule. And uh, now don't everybody want what I have. You should have joy. Joy is so important in witnessing to the lost. When David lost his joy, he prayed in Psalms 51 and 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners shall be converted to you. The joy in a congregation means as much when a lost person comes into a church as what is being preached from the pulpit. What we believe is caught as well as taught. That's good, I'm going to say it again. What we believe is caught as well as taught. Now, when I started going to the church I belonged to, Orchardville Community Church, there was two brothers there, Lonnie Lawler and Roy Mueller, and they were the greeters. Now, they weren't official greeters like we have now, but they had took that job on. And whenever they met you at the front door, they had a smile that went from ear to ear, and they had a warm handshake that went with it. And you knew that these people had joy and they had the love of the Lord in their heart. The joy of the Lord is indispensable in serving the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those who nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalms 102 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Joy takes the weariness, burden, and labor out of serving the Lord. The joy of the Lord is necessary when we have problems. And we will have problems. For man is born of woman is a just a few days and full of trouble. A wise person once said, Pain is inedible, but misery is optional. God never intended for us to be free of pain. It, you will have pain in this life. But God also never intended us to be filled with misery. The joy of the Lord is not a nicety, it is a necessity. Joy is a lubricant of life. In tonight's message, we'll look at what the Lord Jesus teaches about joy how we can have it, and what it is. 1 Peter 1.8 Whom having not seen you love, though now 
you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Think about that. Inexpressible joy. This joy is supernatural in its source. Not joy like his, but his joy. The life of Jesus was a life of joy. Psalms 45 and 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. No one ever had joy like the Lord Jesus. The word gladness here has the idea of leaping. It is the idea that when John the Baptist was in the womb of Elizabeth and the baby Jesus was in the womb of Mary, the Bible says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. Luke 1.41 And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get the idea that Jesus was a religious recluse. In fact, I believe Jesus was the life of the party. Jesus rejoiced with people because he had real joy. Jesus was the kind of person whom little children wanted to be around. This joy is supernatural joy. Jesus says the same thing in John 17, 13. Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice not in circumstances, but rejoice in the Lord. This joy is just not talking about cheering up. It is supernatural in its source. This joy is steadfast in its strength. Only when joy is supernatural at its source can it be steadfast in its strength. Because it's supernatural, it's steadfast. The joy of the Lord is steadfast in sorrow. Many think that the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the English Bible, but not the shortest verse in the Greek Bible. The scripture was written in Greek and translated into English. The shortest verse in the Greek is 1 Thessalonians 5.16. It is two words in English, but one word in Greek. Rejoice evermore. It is the shortest verse, but it deals with the longest time. This joy will remain. It is not happiness. I don't think we're supposed to be happy all the time. If you're happy all the time, people will wonder. But I do know it's great to be happy, isn't it? Jesus, who had joy, was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. The Bible tells us Jesus wept. The difference between joy and happiness. Happiness may give us smiles and put laughter on our faces, but happiness is just what the word describes. Happiness depends on what happens. Joy depends upon the Lord. It's supernatural, it's not natural. Because joy is supernatural, it's steadfast. Happiness is cosmetic, it's on the outside. Joy is rooted in character. Happiness responds to surface needs, while joy deals with our deepest needs. Happiness is like a thermometer. It measures, measures and registers conditions. Joy is like a thermostat. It con controls conditions. I'd like to share a story with you about my life this last Monday morning. Now, as many of you know, I drive a DAV van for the veterans. And I was on my way 7.30 in the morning, leaving from Fairfield. I had to get up at 4.45 that morning to make this trip. And I was headed to pick up a veteran when I had a flat tire. I had to pull off the road, and I was about six miles from my house. So I called my wife. I couldn't get a hold of anybody at the VA or anybody at the hospital, but I called my wife and had her to come to where I was at. And I thought, well, she'll... She'll come and rescue me. I said, just take my car. I said, it may have a low tire on it, but just air it up and come on out. Well, she went out, and as sure as the world, my car had a flat. So she couldn't drive my car. So she gets in a golf cart and goes down to use a farm truck. We've got a farm truck where we live, 
and everybody uses it. But she had to locate who, who used it last to make sure it was okay for her to drive it. Well, of course, all the windows was iced up on it, and she couldn't find an ice scraper. So she had to make, make do with what she had, and she didn't have any gloves on, of course. So her little hands were frozen. Well, finally, she got the truck going, and, and she'd come to meet me. And she'd forgotten and left her purse on the golf cart. Well, of course, the truck didn't have any gasoline in it. Calamity after calamity after calamity. She gets to me and I say, what took you so long? What took you so long? She said, don't be chewing me out when I'm rescuing you. <laughs> like I said, calamity after calamity after calamity. Well, I, I'd called a tire shop and it finally opened up and they said they would send a service truck. Well, the service truck missed where I was sitting at, drove all the way to Fairfield, had to turn around and drive back where I was at. Calamity after calamity after calamity. So I decided I was going to turn this situation around. Gary Rayburn, he asked me if I'd like to go uh, to this meeting. So I decided, well, evidently I'm not going to get to go pick my veteran up. So I tried to call Gary, and he said, yeah, he, he'd pick me up. Well, in the meantime, my wife had found her purse, found her credit card, and decided to go gas up the truck. And finally, the service truck showed up and aired up, so I got to go to the meeting. I'm saying all this to prove a point. If you would ask me what, my, what was my happiness meter at that time, well, I think it was probably re registering a minus one. But my joy was intact. Because my joy doesn't depend on circumstance. You know, happiness evaporates in a time of suffering, but joy is often deepened because we come to the Lord and depend upon Him. It is wonderful when happiness and joy gets together. Our happiest moments are even made happier when they are mingled with the joy of the Lord. If we take away happiness, then we will find that joy may intensify. As Jesus faced the cross, he was not happy. But Jesus said there was no sorrow like his sorrow. Lamentations 1.12 It is nothing to you all who pass by. Behold and see if there's any sorrow like my sorrow. Yet he said, these things that I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. It is cruel to tell people just to smile and be happy when they're hurting. The Bible tells us to cry with those who cry and to praise with those who praise. Instead, we need to sit down and weep with them. No one is happy all the time and we're not expected to be. We are to have the joy all the time, though. Philippians 4 and 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Facing Calvary... Jesus knew that his joy and our joy are to be steadfast in sorrow. The joy of the Lord is triumph in tribulations. Paul didn't say that he was joyful because he didn't have tribulations. Christianity is not the subtraction of problems from life, but is the addition of power to meet those problems. At midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises to God while they were in prison. They had been beaten, lacerated, and was in a filthy dungeon. Yet they were joyful in their tribulation. The joy of the Lord is lasting in losses. The writer of Hebrews was talking to the Christian community. Suppose everything in your house had been carried out by thieves. Would that take away your joy? If it does, then those things were the source of your joy. Our joy is no better than its source. We have to have something better than this as the source of our joy in order to have joy that is steadfast. Consider where our joy comes from. If our joy is in things or people and we lose them, then we can lose our joy. But if our joy is in the Lord, comes from the Lord, and He is enthroned in our hearts, then that joy can never be taken away. The joy of the Lord is abundant in affliction. 
1 Thessalonians 1, 6 says, And you become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Here's a quote by Lennon Ravenhill. The joy is as real at the graveside as it is at the far side. It does not evaporate in the heat of adversities. It does not wither at the onslaught of calamities. It does not sour under the test of poverty. It does not die at the cruel hand of tragedy. It does not falter in the presence of misery. This joy is sublime in its secret. This joy is not automatic. It is not just believing in Jesus. It is not being saved and on your way to heaven. A person can go to heaven second class and be miserable all the way. Jesus was speaking here to those who were already saved. Jesus was speaking about abiding in him. The secret of joy is simple. It is so clear and plain that we may miss it. The sublime secret of joy is abiding in Jesus. What does this mean to abide in Jesus? It is a life of reliance on the Lord Jesus. Jesus used the figure of a grapevine and the branches. John 15, 4 and 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. A branch is absolutely dependent upon the vine. A branch is severed from the vine, then what good is it? Furniture cannot be made of it. It cannot be carved. It doesn't even make a good fire. The only thing a branch is good for is to abide in the vine and bear fruit. We're totally dependent upon Jesus. Most of us don't realize this. Most of us, most of us think we can do a little bit, but Jesus said to abide in him rely on him, and that without him, we can do nothing. God specializes in making something out of nothing. If we think we're something, then Jesus is not everything. Not until we're willing to become nothing and he becomes everything can he make something out of us. It is a life restfulness in Jesus. In John 15:9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Let his love come into you. His power is there. Not only rely upon him, but rest in him. There are many people who are upset because they don't know what they're going to do if their resources run out. Suppose we had a conversation with a branch. A branch that's abiding in the vine. We ask the branch, Why are you so calm? What is the secret to your restfulness? It tells us how people run about all the time worrying to produce a lot, but they don't produce much except worry. But the branch is resting in the love of the vine has for it. It's letting his life flow into it. The branch doesn't worry when it needs nourishment or moisture. It just abides in the vine. The vine brings moisture to cool the branch. What about the springtime when the branch needs leaves and buds? The branch does not worry about that. The vine sends its life into the branch and produces leaves, buds, and grapes. The branch does not produce the grapes. It just bears a grape. The vine produces the grapes. The branch doesn't worry about what size, how many they are, or how sweet the grapes are. That's none of its business. The branch has one thing to do, and that is to abide in the vine. It's a life relinquished to Jesus. A branch exists for one purpose, and it is to abide in Jesus Christ. This is where joy comes from. We cannot have joy apart from Jesus Christ. It is a life rejoicing because of Jesus. When we have a life of reliance, rest, we will know rejoicing. Jesus said, he begins in the first part of John 15 telling us about abiding in him. When he comes to verse 11, he says this, And these things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. In conclusion, I would like to say,
You can have joy in a lot of things. Family, home, friends, health. God doesn't say not to rejoice in these things. He just says that beyond these things, you need a source of joy that is constant, real, and cannot fade away. The way that you have that joy is to abide in Jesus, rely upon Him, rest in Him, relinquish to Him, and rejoice in Him. Jesus said that when you do this, you will bear fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Galatians 5.22 If you don't, you don't produce this joy, it's supernatural. It's His joy. You bear this fruit as you abide in the Lord Jesus. Jesus sent His disciples out to witness. They came back and they were thrilled because the demons were subject to them in Jesus' name. But Jesus said, Not to rejoice in this, but to rejoice that their names were written in heaven. I want to ask you something. Is your name written in heaven? Do you know Jesus personally? If not, you can pray to him today by asking him to come into your life. Call upon Jesus today. Repent. Turn from your sins and turn to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Acknowledge him as Lord of your life. I've got some verses I'd like to share with you. For in Romans 3.23 it says, For all sin falls short of the glory of God. Now my pastor told me all means all and that's all it means. Romans 10.9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And my favorite verse of all, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In conclusion, I would like to leave you with what I started with. John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. At this time, I want to turn it back over to my brother, Gary Raven. Good job, good message. Uh, that's what we need, joy. And uh, one thing that really stuck out in my mind was Fred talked about David. He was talking about the joy of his salvation. And, man, that really speaks to me because... When you, when you lose your joy, all you have to do is go back to that day for that day that you give your life to Christ and the joy that came into your heart. Man, that's, that's the joy that we have to get a hold of each and every day and hang on to. Now, it doesn't mean every day is going to be uh, all rainbows and lollipops, lollipops but... <laughs> We can have joy in our life, and we can share that joy with others. So, good job, Fred. I appreciate the message. Uh, I got a few prayer requests I'm going to mention first uh, before we open up the lines. <clears throat> I got a, an email today from a Kelsey Singer, and uh, she was thanking Lonesome Road Ministry for helping her and her boyfriend and her baby. They were stranded on the highway somewhere, somewhere between Pennsylvania and Missouri. Somebody from Lonesome Road Ministry helped them out, give them some CDs, and give them money for their gas tank that was completely empty, and I think they fed them also. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do out there on the road. It wasn't me, so it, it, it was somebody that was representing this ministry, handing out CDs and helping people and showing the joy of their salvation. Then I went over to my window 
should you know the bible says that god inhabits the praise of his people amen amen well we are proud to announce that chronicle is coming to lonesome road ministries they're going to be at our threefold cord conference fred and when is that well it's june 28 29 and 30 this year 2024 i'm excited about this conference this is our 11th year and if I'd want to get in contact with Chronicles, how could I reach him? Oh, yeah. Well, Chronicles got a great website. Man, you ought to check out this website, chroniclegospelgroup.com. And you can contact them through their website and book them for your church or your Christian event. They play all over the place. They're in Silver Dollar City. They're in uh, Dollywood and a lot of places in between. I can hardly wait. <laughs> yeah. And if you would like to just call them and book them, you can do that also. Well, I'll give you Missy's phone number. It's 225-445-3972. You'll enjoy talking to her, and she would love to hear from you. And, hey, if you need just need prayer, they would be glad to pray for you. I can hardly wait. All right. Well, let's have another song by Chronicle. Fred, what would you like to hear? I like to hear there ain't no grave situation. Oh yeah, that's their newest release and it's a great song. And here's Chronicle. I borrowed tomb, a broken dream to Mary, that's the way it seemed. Tears fell as she questioned why. A stone removed, an angel said, I look for him among the dead. He's not here, he is alive. This ain't no grave situation, we've got the victory. It ain't no grave situation, hold on and believe. When Jesus splits the eastern sky, the dead in Christ shall rise. It's then we're gonna see this pain. No grave situation. Hallowed ground, we're standing dead. 
Amazing grace is in the air It feels so hard to say goodbye Don't give up, don't give in The preacher said it's not the end We'll meet again on the other side This ain't no grave situation We've got the victory It ain't no grave situation Hold on and believe When Jesus spits the eastern sky The dead in Christ shall rise It's then we're gonna see This ain't no grave situation When we face old Jordan As every person must Ashes to ashes We've got the victory It ain't no grave situation Hold on and believe When Jesus spreads the eastern sky The dead in Christ shall rise It's then we're gonna see This ain't no grave situation There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down There ain't no grave Gonna keep me in the ground there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down There ain't no grave gonna keep me in the ground This ain't no grave love that song don't you fred yes i do ain't no grave situation boy ain't that the truth there is no grave situation uh you know the bible tells us uh weeping endures for a night but joy comes in the morning come on morning (laughs) amen amen i love that verse and uh i love that song and i love chronicle man they are awesome there ain't no grave situation there's victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Amen. Amen. It reminds me of a time when uh, it was a dark time. My uh, my wife's uh, mother, Helen, she was down in Florida and it was in November and Linda talked to Helen on a Tuesday and Helen told her, oh, she said, Linda, you should see it down here. It looks just like heaven. And she was just so happy to be down there with her uh, family down there. And then two days later, we got the call that she had had a a stroke and she was in a coma and they didn't expect her to live. We loaded up and headed down to uh, Florida, me and my wife, Linda, and and her sister, Betty. We all went down to Florida and I'll tell you, it was quite a trip down there. We got down to Mount Eagle and was headed up the mountain. It was dark. And I, I could see the headlights coming down the mountain, and it looked like this car was in our lane. Oh, no. Yeah. And the closer he got, he was in our lane. Oh, no. And there was a barrier on, on my left. I was passing a semi. There was no place to go. A semi on my right, a barrier on the left, and a big, it was like, looked like a Cadillac coming head on toward me and nowhere to go. And it was just like that. The hand of God came down and moved that semi over. And when he moved over, I moved over. And that car went whizzing by us so fast that it scared <laughs> it scared the women to death. Of course, me, I was just hanging on for dear life. <laughs> that car went by, and, and God had his hand on that whole trip down there. And we went down there. And, of course, when we got down there, uh, Linda's mom was in a coma and uh, all of us her brother flew down and he was there and and 
Linda and her sister and and we all just prayed that night that God would have his way with with uh, Helen because uh, the doctors and nurses said she'd had a fever of 108 and there was there was just no way. They the kids they couldn't unplug her. They was at a uh, in a dilemma and uh, so we prayed that night and I remember holding hands with the family and praying with them and we asked God to take over this situation. And it it was a grave situation. But God, in his mercy, took Helen that night. And so we all headed back towards home. And uh, me and Linda and her sister, and I remember that trip, we was coming up through Florida, and Florida's flatland country. I mean, and uh, there was a semi. I passed this semi, and we just, sitting driving along and then all of a sudden this semi passed us back and i thought what's going on here so i passed him back and then it wasn't long he passed me again my yeah and i thought man we're on flat ground how come he keeps speeding up and passing me and then i looked up at his trailer and on the back of his trailer there was these words and it was just like god was speaking to linda and her sister and it said there's nothing that can happen today that you and the Lord can't handle. And I told the girls, I said, looky there, God is speaking to us right now. He is with us the whole trip down here. He protected us on our trip down here, and he is with us on the way back. There's nothing that the Lord can't handle. If we will just put our trust in him, he will, he will take care of us. And your mother is in heaven right now. Man, that is quite a story. Now, there's something about a rose, too, isn't there? <laughs> when we got home, Linda looked in, her, in the backyard, and her and Helen had planted a rose bush years ago, and that rose bush had never done anything. I mean, couldn't get a rose off of that rose bush. And when we got home, this was in November, there was the biggest, most beautiful rose on this rose bush that you'd ever seen. I said, looky there, Linda. Helen is telling you right now that she made it to heaven. She's sending the message back to us that she is in heaven. You know, God communicates to us in many ways. And I, I've known you for a long time, and he's always given you signs. <laughs> yeah, God is ready to give each person a sign out there right now. There may be somebody right now that thinks they are in a grave situation, but there is no grave situation that God can't handle. So, hey, if you just need to pray, then you can call us here at Lonesome Road Ministry at 618-383-2107. We would love to pray with you and help you in your grave situation. Or if you would like to just give your life to Jesus right now, it's as simple as what, Fred? ABC. Well, tell them how they can give their heart to the Lord right now, Fred. First, you got to look at the letter A, which says, admit that you're a sinner. And you know, in Romans 3.23, it says, for all sin comes short of the glory of God. Now, my pastor told me all means all, and that's all it means. Next, you need to believe Jesus Christ died for your sins. Now, we know in John 3.16, It said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And then C, confess. What is it confess? Confess. Well, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's so simple. All we have to do is believe it and confess it, and God will do all the rest, won't he, Fred? He does all the heavy lifting. (laughs) Amen, amen. So pray a simple little prayer. Ask God to come into your heart, and there's no special words that you have to pray. It's a thing of the heart. So cry out from your heart right now and ask Jesus to save you, and he will do it. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to close today's program with a special song. I talked about Linda's mom, Helen, and she wrote a song called When Jesus 
comes from glory. And we had that, sent that off to uh, Bryce Henderson and he made a demo of this song and he sent us the demo and the music track and we had Justine Loker uh, sing this song at Orchardville Church years ago. She done such a great job. I want to play this song for our listeners right now. And this is a song that uh, Helen Henderson, my wife's mother, wrote. This is Justine Loker, a good friend of ours from Orchardville Church, singing this, When Jesus Comes from Glory. I can hardly wait. (laughs) Well, here it is. right along with you in the cab and you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org 
and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.